Hello, everyone, uh, and hello to everybody, of course, who's watching as well. It is great to be with you today. These are exciting days. These are really exciting days in the life of Kingsgate, and it's a real honor to come and be with you and speak into this series. I want to talk to you today about breakthrough praise. Breakthrough praise. There was a, uh, a very famous cellist by the name of Pablo Casals, and uh, he was widely regarded as the best in the world. There was nobody better than Casals, but uh, he continued to practice six hours every day. That was his daily routine, no, no compromise. Six hours every day he practiced the cello. Even as an older man in his 80s and even into his 90s, he continued to practice. And one of his students one day asked him, they said, Sir, you're the best. There's nobody better than you. You're recognized as the best. So why do you continue to practice for six hours every day? You've got nothing more to prove. You've got nothing more to learn, surely. You've done it all. So why do you keep practicing six hours every day? And Casals replied to the student, he said, the reason why I keep practicing every day for six hours is because I think I'm getting better. And what Casals was effectively saying was, I've still got things to learn. I'm loving this. This is brilliant. doesn't matter how many accolades I get. I've still got more to do. For me, that is a bit like the spirit of breakthrough. The spirit of breakthrough is a spirit. It's not just a, a theory, but it's a spirit. It's an attitude that we carry that actually refuses to stay in the comfort zone. We will not stay in the comfort zone. That's the spirit of breakthrough. It rejects mediocrity. It will not accept average. Average the spirit of average simply will not do so far as the spirit of breakthrough is concerned. And the spirit of breakthrough dares to believe for more. It has this conviction, this, this God-given conviction that all things are possible, that the best days are yet to come, that with our God, He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ever ask or think or even imagine. Ladies and gentlemen, that's your God. He is able to do anything He's able to do more than what you even think he can do. Anything you can believe for, he can do more. Anything you can ask for, he can do more. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly more than what we can ask, think, or imagine. And the spirit of breakthrough does not settle for second best, but it presses in to the best of what God has for us. Now, here we are in the life of Kingsgate, and we are celebrating 30 years of faithful ministry. And what a 30 years it's been. Uh, started in Dave and Karen Smith's home with a few people in a living room uh, getting together. And I remember uh, Dave saying that for the first four or five years of the church, a good day in Kingsgate would have had about 25 people in the church. In fact, in some denominations, it would have been closed down. Aren't you glad it wasn't closed down? And there's a few more than 25 people going to Kingsgate today. And in that time, we've got a lot to celebrate. Kingsgate, there is a lot to celebrate. And it's only right 
that it is celebrated. It would be wrong just to pass by the 30th anniversary uh, uh, and not celebrate. There are, there are breakthroughs that many of you have received, so, so many breakthroughs. Some of you have probably even forgotten about the breakthroughs that you've had in those 30 years and salvations and miracles and the stories of lives that have been changed. There are so many things that we can celebrate. And yet, at the heart of this season in the life of Kingsgate, as much as we celebrate 30 years, there is this irrepressible spirit of breakthrough. It's so obvious it's in your midst that there is the conviction that says we will not just settle which is the danger, I guess, when you get to 30 years, the spirit of complacency can set in. We've been there, we've done that, we've bought the t-shirt, we've done a lot. Now we can all have a nice holiday to Hawaii and have a nice time. How many of you would like that? Okay, but we're not going there, okay, because we've got things to do in the city of Peterborough and in Leicester and in Cambridge and in London. There are so many things, and, and you get this incredible prophetic call, clear as clear can be. The trumpet call is clear, and God says to Kingsgate, there's more. As much as it has been amazing over the past 30 years, actually, you're just getting started. This has been preparation for amazing days that are yet to come. These are exciting days. Anybody here hungry for more of God? Anybody here, anybody here hungry to encounter more of the glory of God? Does anybody here want to see more healings? Anybody see, want to see more miracles? What about at the back? Anybody want to see more miracles and breakthroughs and signs and wonders? I mean, I'm in for everything that God has got. And these are exciting days. But in a sense, they can also be it's kind of scary for some people as well, because you think we've come a long way in 30 years. Somebody might say, well, how do we beat this? We've, we've come a long way. Uh, church is growing. Church is healthy. It's all good. So, you know, so what possibly could we do next? It, it f almost feels impossible. And if the language of impossibility ever emerges from your lips, the, the answer is you're absolutely right. It is impossible to do better than what we've done, to go further than what we've done. It's impossible in our own strength to do it, but the point of this teaching series is that we're not doing it in our own strength. We are absolutely dependent on a God, the God of breakthrough, with whom all things are possible. Can you say amen to what I'm saying here today? There are great things in store, but sometimes we can feel a little daunted. 30 years ago, Facebook wasn't around. 30 years ago, nobody had a mobile phone. Now, social media has taken over. And thank God for Instagram, particularly the filters, because that means you can make yourself look better than what you really are. The world's a different place. And so somebody might be saying, well, you know, you know it, it, it feels daunting. How are we going to deal with all of the complexities of 21st century life? How can we win more battles in the context of that? I'm pretty sure that King Jehoshaphat felt just like that when he was about to face another battle. He was absolutely more than aware how much he needed God. He needed God's protection, and he needed God's provision, and he knew it. He needed God's protection because there was an enemy trying to take him out, but he also needed God's provision if they were going to take more cities, then they needed the provision of God 
to help them to get there. Now, God had already established the blueprint in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that if his people, who are called by his name, would humble themselves and seek his face and pray and turn away from wickedness, then the promise from heaven was clear that God would hear from heaven, he would forgive the sin of his people, and he would heal the land. Well, in 2 Chronicles 20, a few chapters later, God's people have been doing exactly that. They have been humbling themselves. They have been praying. Boy, have they been praying, and they have been seeking God. They've been calling out onto God, and they have been repenting of wickedness, of evil in their lives, trying to do what's right before God. And yet in 2 Chronicles 20, something else happens. Something emerges which is highly significant. I believe it has prophetic significance for this season in the life of Kingsgate as well. What is that significant thing? Answer, there emerged powerful breakthrough praise. 2 Chronicles 20. It was so significant, more significant than what the people might even have thought it would be. Breakthrough Praise. And there are three elements of this breakthrough praise that you can see in 2 Chronicles 20. And I want to just highlight the three of them for you. The first is this that before they went into battle, there was praise before there was breakthrough. Have a look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 18 19. Look at this. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Verse 19. And then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Karahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a loud voice. Now, I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that there is a shift amongst God's people in posture and in tone. This is, if you like, the, the symptoms of a breakthrough spirit. There's a shift in posture and tone. The people of God were bowed down. Now, I'm going to use my imagination here. I suspect that many of God's people, of course, were perfectly sincere when they were bowed down, but you can't think that all of them were bowing down to worship the Lord. I'm sure that there was a few sleepers down there as well. Now, how many of you have ever been in the presence of God, a powerful prayer time, and you know, you're making it look, you know, you say amen every two seconds, but really you're, you're kind of falling asleep. How many of you have ever been there in your life? And I'm sure that some of God's people were like that. So what is significant in that moment, a break, breakthrough praise spontaneously. Nobody told these people to do this. In that moment of bowing down, some of them stood up. They weren't told to do it. They weren't coerced into doing it. But there was a breakthrough moment. The very act of standing up represented being prepared for battle. The change of posture. I'm no longer on my face. I'm standing up. I'm ready for battle. I'm ready to face another day. I'm ready to do whatever it is that God has asked me to do. I'm, I'm ready to do it. And you know what? Kingsgate needs a whole load of people like that. You know, it's not everybody who gets it first, but we need some early adopters, some people who are the praisers. I love getting around the positive people, the praisers. You see, my natural inclination is that I'm a, a natural melancholic. I look at the glass half empty instead of being half full. So for me, it's a discipline to stay in a place of praise. But I love getting around the people who refuse to yield 
to negativism and who dare to believe for the best. I love them. I love them in my own church. I look for them every Sunday. They're the first to have their hands raised in the worship time. They don't need to be told to do it. They're the first to be dancing and worshiping and praising God. And it does something in my heart. And this is, I think, what happened here in 2 Chronicles. Some of them stood up and it was like a contagion. As they did it, others caught it. And others caught it until everybody was standing up in the presence of God, ready for battle. Now, something else happened in this moment of breakthrough praise. And bearing in mind, this is even before the breakthrough actually happened. The second thing that happened was that they raised their voices. They began to speak with, and I quote, I quote with a very loud voice. Now, there is a time to be quiet. I totally get it. There's a time to be quiet. For all the introverts out there, that's a little word for you. There's a time when it's okay to be quiet. In your home, it's okay to have quiet time. But let me give you a little hint. Church time is not quiet time. You are allowed to make some noise. Let's try that again. You are allowed to make some noise in church. And there are some times, that's it. I can hear Kingsgate in, in Leicester and Cambridge and London making noise as well right now. And sometimes you've got to do it even if you don't feel it. You know, you ever gone into church thinking, I'll have a day off worshiping today and I'll just enjoy the word. And I won't raise my hands. But you see, you've got to stir yourself up. I will stand up. And I will raise my voice. The Bible doesn't tell us what they said, but I suspect that they were declaring the greatness of who God is. In fact, it says they spoke not just with a loud voice, but it emphasizes it with a very loud voice. All the loud people, it's okay to be loud every now and then in church, especially in the house of God. You got to make some noise. And there was a prophetic significance to the noise because not only were they speaking to themselves, but it was also a statement to the enemy of their souls that the people of God are coming and there's not a thing you can do about it. And the church of Jesus Christ is on the rise and there is not a thing Mr. Devil can do about it. These are great days. And I'm going to give you a chance to make some noise at the end here today as well. But they spoke with a very loud voice and they declared the greatness of who God is. And there are times when we have just got to stir ourselves up. Even before we see the physical manifestation of breakthrough, we've got to learn to stand up. Change our posture from defeat to victory. And when they shouted, it wasn't angry, it was victorious. Because you see, God works from a place of completion. He's Irish. He doesn't start it. He doesn't start it and then finish it. He finishes it and then starts it. When I, when I read, if I read a novel, which I, I don't read very many novels, but if I ever read a novel, I never start at the start. No, 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 no. I go to the final chapter. I want to know what happens at the end. Why? Because I'm a control freak. That's why. <laughs> and if it's the ending that I want, then I go back and I read the novel and I enjoy it. I'm one of those really boring people. But you need to know that God knows the end and I've got to tell you the end's good. Jesus has won the victory and he won it at the cross at Calvary and we're living in that victory today. This is the word of the Lord. 
And we've got to understand this, that victory has already been won. Now we've got to go and claim it. This is the spirit of breakthrough. But here's the second thing I want you to observe in 2 Chronicles 20. I want you to notice that there was also break, there was praise during breakthrough. They praised during breakthrough. Let's take a look at 2 Chronicles 20, verses 21 to 23. Look at this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for the splendor of His holiness as they went ahead of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes. And you can read the rest of that for yourself. So I want you to notice and I want you to observe the significance of singing. In breakthrough praise, there is a song that emerges. There's a song that rises out of our spirits. It's a song of victory. It's a song that doesn't make any sense. It's a song. It's a sign from heaven. I want to prophesy over Kingsgate as you enter into a brand new realm, a brand new season in the life of this church, so you will find that a new song will emerge, and it will be a song of victory. Very often it will be a song that doesn't even make any sense to anybody who's not got any faith, but it's the song of people of faith that we dare to praise the Lord, even if I don't feel like it, even if life is not going my way, even if it looks impossible, even if the idea of reaching the city looks an impossibility, but we will sing the song of the Lord. And surely it's got to be significant that they led forth the army with singing. Not uh, conventional war tactics right there. You can imagine the British army sending an army without any weapons. Just go and we'll train you how to sing. And let's see how that works. I mean, that wouldn't make any sense in the natural, but God's tactics rarely make any sense. And yet there's a song that needs to arise out of our spirits. And that's the song of breakthrough. Don't underestimate that song. Don't underestimate that song during the summertime. My wife gave birth to a beautiful little girl. Her name is Sophia, and we are just besotted by her. She's got me wrapped around her little finger about 20 times and <laughs> love her to bits. But when my wife gave birth, it was great, at, you know, for the first few hours. And then my wife had a little faint. And, and then she had another faint that evening. Well, the medical people, you know, initially put that down. Maybe it was exhaustion, they thought. So we'll monitor, monitor you tomorrow. So she had a night's sleep and woke up the next day, really not feeling too good. And well, the next day she had a, an even more significant faint. She lost all the color on her face. Her lips turned blue. She was on the ground. They had to come and take her away and did tests and scans and so on to work out what's going on here. And I'll never forget it. I'm standing there in that hospital ward, and my little girl is sitting in my arms. And if my little girl looked vulnerable, it was nothing compared to how I felt. I felt so scared. I thought, what's going on here? Is my little girl, my, my thought was, is she going to lose her mom? And, and what, what would life look like? And, and I began to think quite negatively. And then I remember 
uh, uh, little songs that I used to sing at Sunday school when I was a kid. And I thought, well, I'll give that a go. I'll, I'll begin to sing over my little girl. And there was a little song that we used to sing. Maybe some of you would know it. And it said something like this. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And I began to sing this over my little girl. I'm not a singer. I play the piano. I couldn't sing to save my life. But I just began to sing it over and over again. And as I sang it, it did something in my heart. Hang on. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do. And as I stood there, I began to declare healing and wholeness over my wife and over my little girl and the protection of God and the provision of God. And it transpired that my wife had had clots, internal bleeding that was very, very serious. The doctor came and said, these next 12 hours are critical. And then they were afraid because they thought more clots were developing. To cut a long story short, well, we got a lot of people to pray with us, and I kept singing even though I can't sing, but I can't. And you don't have to ha be able to sing to sing. Don't think that you have to be a professional to sing. You just got to make a joyful noise. Just make some noise and declare that God is big. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty. And Well, anyway, to cut a long story short, we got a major breakthrough. The medical people said, we don't understand this, but, but the, the clots seem to have gone away and, uh, and, and your, you know, your wife is going to be fine. And we got home. And... But you got to learn to sing, even when it doesn't make any sense to sing. Let the world hear our song. Let the world, even next weekend when we get together and we celebrate 30 years, bring a bunch of friends with you and let the world hear our song. It's a powerful song. There's no song like it on planet earth. It's the song of the Lord. It's a breakthrough. It's not just another song. It's a breakthrough song. It breaks through mindsets. It breaks through unbelief. It causes the miraculous to happen. This is the song of the Lord, and I'm excited about it. Anybody else? The song of the Lord. Sing it out with all your heart. Now, I want you to notice a third thing that happened here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, which is this, that in this moment of breakthrough praise, there was praise after breakthrough. They got a breakthrough. They got, they got serious breakthrough. They had so many spoils, it took them days on end to collect the spoils. This is the kind of thing we're believing for, for victories, for a city to be saved, for so many spoils that we will, we will see the favor of God over this church, over this city. I'm believing for that. Anybody else? And over Leicester and Cambridge and London and everywhere else that God sends us. And I want you to look at what it says in verse 26 of 2 Chronicles 20. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the Valley of Baraka to this day. Do you know what Baraka means? It means praise. When they saw the breakthrough, they didn't just quickly move on from it, but they camped in the Valley of Praise. Now, if you're going to camp in any valley, that's the one you want to camp in. Not the camp or the, or the Valley of Pity Parties or the Valley of Sympathy. Or you don't want to run ahead 
to the next battle. You've got to just take a, a bit of time to celebrate the goodness of God. That's exactly what God's people did. They celebrated the breakthroughs. They celebrated. My word, we as the people of God, we have a lot to celebrate, don't we? And next weekend, when Kingsgate gathers, listen, the, one of the reasons why you need to bring a bunch of friends with you is because something significant is going to happen in this church. I, I so sense it. And the world needs to see God's people partying. I want you to think about next weekend more than just, oh, I'm going to go to a service. I want you to think about going to a party. I'm going to go to a party next week. I'm celebrating 30 years of a church that has made a huge difference and is believing for the best that's yet to come. And we're going to celebrate the goodness of God. Make sure that you celebrate the goodness of God. When we see a breakthrough, celebrate it. When you see a healing, celebrate it. If you're believing for more healings, celebrate the healings that you've seen, even if they're little tiny breakthroughs. Just celebrate them. Every little breakthrough, celebrate it. And watch what happens. I remember many years ago in my younger days, when I was a, a less uh, a dip, a diplomatic and refined man that, that I am today, um, and I, there was a bit of a Smith Wigglesworth on me. He was a guy who was a bit brash in the way he prayed for people to be healed. And there was a little bit of that on me. I remember going to one church and there was a lady and she'd hurt her leg. And uh, she came up for prayer for healing. And she was a kind of a, one of those, shall we say, one of those more cynical people that you meet in life. Uh, she said, I've hurt my leg. As if to say, you sort it out. So I, be, you know, I, I began to pray for her and you know, really believe for healing. And I said, so how is it? She said, worse. <laughs> and she was really trying to provoke me. Well, she did. And I said, right. And I used to do crazy things like this. I wouldn't recommend anybody else to do it. But I said, right, stewards, can you do something for me? Can you lock the door of this church, please? Can you lock the door? And I got them to physically lock the door so that nobody could get out. Now, I said to this lady, now, we're not leaving here until you get healed. And if it takes two, three, four o'clock in the morning, I've got nowhere to go. I'm staying here. How about you? So she closed her eyes, and can you believe this? Within five minutes, she was healed. Aren't you glad for that? It's amazing. It's amazing what a little bit of provocative faith can do, isn't it? The thought of missing her supper got her healed. Absolutely amazing. But you know what? Every little breakthrough, don't just pass on from it. Celebrate it. That's what I did. Every time she felt a little better, I would say, there you go. There's God healing you. It's amazing. And I'm feeling a little better. Praise God. This is amazing. And every breakthrough that we see in this city, celebrate it. Every salvation, celebrate it. Every time we see God at work, celebrate it. Every, even the tiniest little things that seem to be insignificant, celebrate it. And watch what God does. The best is yet to come. Does anybody believe this here in Kingsgate today? The best is yet to come. Let me tell you four reasons, four things that breakthrough praise does. I don't have time to unpack these, but you can go and think about these things for yourself. But here are four things that breakthrough praise actually does for us. Number one is that it shapes our spiritual perspective. When we learn 
the art of breakthrough praise, whether that's before the breakthrough or during the breakthrough or after the breakthrough, what it does is is that it, it shapes our perspective of God. It helps us to see God for who he really is. It's interesting that when they went into battle singing, their song was not a warning, a threat to the enemies. Listen, when you have to threaten your enemies, it normally means you're really scared. And actually, when we are approaching war, we don't have to threaten our enemy. We just focus on the greatness of who God is. They went into battle singing, the Lord is faithful. His love endures forever. His love endures forever. What a song to sing. This is breakthrough praise. Here's the second thing I want you to observe, is that when we learn the power of breakthrough praise, it stirs us to believe God. There's a provocation in breakthrough praise. Some of us need to learn to stand up. Some of us need to learn to be the first to stand up and praise the Lord. When everybody else is speaking doom and gloom and everybody else is being negative and everybody else is talking problems, you need to be the first to stand up and declare that with God all things are possible and I will never give up on the promises of God and I will never give up on this city and I'll never give up on my neighbors and I'll never give up on my colleagues and I'll never give up on my family because my God is faithful and what he has been, he will yet be in the future. This is what breakthrough praise does. Here's the third thing. It sifts cynicism from our thinking. We can so easily develop cynicism and negativity. Hey, if you look at the news today, there's not a lot of positive news going on. If you base your faith on what the reports of the media say, there's not a lot of good news going on. And so therefore, we need to do like what Isaiah says in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? Who's believed our report? Who has believed God's report? That's what we choose to believe here in Kingsgate. Here's the fourth thing that Breakthrough Praise does. It spurs us into action. It readies us for battle. 30 great years, they've been great years. What a story that Kingsgate's got to tell. And yet, what is so encouraging about this season in the life of Kingsgate is that this is no time for sentiment. Sure, we thank God for all the amazing things. And didn't you love seeing that video there with people 30 years ago who looked very different to what they look today? That's the understatement of the century right there, isn't it? But we could get all sentimental and say, oh, those good old days, listen, the best days are yet to come. And we're going to believe that with all of our hearts and we're going to position ourselves. Our posture will reflect a posture of praise. We're going to speak out the praise of God. We'll sing even if we can't sing, but we've got a song to sing anyway. And we're going to celebrate it when we see the breakthrough of our God come to pass. Can you say amen to this today? Now let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that you will seal it into people's hearts. That this day would be a day of breakthrough for individuals, for this church, for this city, and for this nation. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.